Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another sunny day in the capital. What a surprise. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct uh, perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Michelle Edgar Parsons, owner and managing director of the Individual Agency. The Individual Agency is a marketing and advertising firm which specializes in transforming brands and businesses. Michelle, hello. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, We might as well dive straight in. What does the word leader mean to you? Um, I think for me, I always think about what is a good leader. And it is about that collaboration. Um, For me, leadership is all about collaborating with your team. Um, It's not necessarily about managing them or directing them. It's about you working collectively towards a goal, working towards, you know, standards that you've set as a business and making sure that we're all heading in that direction. So it's important that uh, like the uh, captain of a, of a football team, a, a a leader is, is -hmm. also a player in the game. Absolutely. I think, you know, I've always lived by the motto. I would never ask anybody in my team to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Um, And it's the same, you know, with our clients when we're talking to them. We don't just talk the talk. We walk the walk. And I think that's so important that you have to be that shining light, if you like, of, you know, how you want everybody in the team to act, how you want them to interact with each other and, Mm -hmm. and the standards that you want to work to. Really leading by example. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it was funny because before this conversation, I thought, I'll ask my team if they think I'm a good leader and um, <laughs> what it is that is great about my leadership style. So that wasn't just my opinion. Yeah. And um, they all came back saying, yeah, leading by example, um, making sure that I I do what I say and um, I am that shining light, if you like, where they know they can... Well, that's a real vote of confidence. Um, well, it is. It is. It was. Um, it was great to get that feedback in terms of the um, support that people feel they get as well. Um, so, for me, it is about support and loyalty. And any team that I've ever been in, you know, to to be part of that team, you do have to be loyal to each other, and you do have to make sure you have each other's backs. And I think that's the same in you know a football team, a, a business team. You have to you know trust and support the people that are around you. Now let's wind back the clock to when you first started your career. Was there yeah. a uh, individual who particularly inspired you to lead the way that you do today? Uh, without a doubt. Um, I started life at Fox's Biscuits and my line manager there was very much, um, you know, allowed you to make your own mistakes, but was there to support you in making those mistakes and helping you then find a way forward. But she was very much about that empowerment and giving you opportunities rather than being, you know, that very dictatorial manager. Um, so, yeah, at the age of 23, I was flying out to Canada to film a TV ad that was all on my shoulders. So when that TV ad came on TV, as you can imagine, I was over the moon. <laughs> I was very proud. But, yeah, um, that one person definitely showed me how to be a, a great leader in that sense. So it's really important to allow your uh, employees to take ownership, real ownership of projects in order to give them a a firm stake in the uh, business. Yeah, I think, like I was saying, giving people that support and them knowing that they can have that freedom to learn, to make mistakes, but then also to be very creative. um, Because, you know, I do trust them to make decisions and I do trust them to do what they think is best. 
but then I'm there to you know, give guidance as well because of the experiences that I've had. Um, but then afterwards, the reward and the thanks part of it, I think, is absolutely crucial as well because, again, you know, you can work your socks off, but if somebody's not saying thank you, if they're not recognising what you do, mm-hmm. I don't think that's great leadership either because, you know, you want people to do their best, you want them to work to a certain standard, and when they do, if you don't have some kind of reaction to that, then you know, there's no incentive for them to keep doing it. So we're very much about reward and, and praise here at the individual agency. I even do little things like flat broke Friday. So the Friday before payday, we have um, a lovely surprise of some sort. So um, the team have been off the weekends away in hotels. They've been shopping trips, everything. So, yeah, I like That's to fantastic. reward it's, as well. It's really about keeping the morale up. Yeah, I think, you know, I've I've always had an ethos of you have to come in really loving what you do and really enjoying the team that you work with and the clients that you work with. And if that's not the case, then you need to go and find what is right for you because not everybody's leadership style is right for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to find what is most appropriate for you. But in our office, it certainly is about that positivity. It's about, yeah, keeping morale up and making sure that you actually really enjoy what you do because life's too short not to. What's the first piece of advice that you give a new hire the moment they walk in the door? Um, I always advise them that the whole um, underpinning um, essence of our business is about being a natural challenger. You have to challenge yourself. You have to challenge one another, but it feels natural, so it's not you know, it's not aggressive, it's not confrontational, but it is constantly about, you know, what are we trying to achieve, what are you trying to achieve, and how do we work together to achieve that? So keeping that in the back of their mind is always the first piece of advice. Now, let's uh, widen the scope up a bit. Um, mm-hmm. If I pressed you to identify the greatest leader, living or dead, who would that be? Um, I was thinking about this. And I think it's really, really hard to comment on um, leaders that you didn't necessarily have a personal relationship with. Of course. Um, So I think for me, the the people that I found great inspirational leaders have been um, some of the family businesses that we've worked with. So, for example, there is um, a 90-year-old gentleman who still comes into work every single day, and he has got such respect and he gets so much joy from the business that that's the kind of people that I feel are true inspirational leaders where you know they've kept family businesses going for 50 years and it's on to the third generation and they've still got that same ethos and um, approach that they set out you know so it's so really the, the unsung leaders uh, the, the everyday leaders who make Britain work yeah, so one of my um, closest friends is a languages teacher and what she does with the children in her class and they walk in thinking that French is rubbish and then they walk out absolutely loving it. To me, she's an inspirational leader because she's actually getting the team in that room to really mm-hmm. enjoy what they're doing, work towards that goal and, and work as a team to achieve it. So. And of course, she's dealing with a very hostile audience, I'd imagine. Uh, very. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, unfortunately, our time together is very uh, quickly drawing to its close. But before yeah. I let you go, uh, what does the next 12 months have in store for the individual agency? Um, 
work the same, <laughs> I hope. So we work with some fantastic clients who, you know, truly trust us to look after their brand. So it's just a case of moving them forward, um, continually um, walking the walk as well as talking the talk, um, but delivering some great campaigns and fantastic results for them. A couple of our clients have had their best ever years in the past um, 18 months, so we just want to continue delivering for them and enjoying what we do. And that is so important to enjoy what you do. Uh, just just one more thing before we go. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that enjoyment of your work is key to being able to lead a successful and happy team? Without a doubt, I think positivity has to underpin um, everything that you do. You know, you're not going to love every single day that you walk into work. However, it has to be 99.9% of the time. Um, and I say that to the team here all of the time. You know, if we aren't positive about the brands that we work with, who is going to be, you know, we are the ones that are champions mm-hmm. of the brand. So we have to stay positive and upbeat. But, you know, in reality, what we do is fun. You know, marketing is um, a part of a business that allows you to be creative, allows you to have an element of enjoyment. So um, I'm always very conscious to to talk about that side of things. You know, it's not life or death situations. Um, we're not responsible for children or, you know, people who have got illness. So we really should be positive and upbeat. So that's definitely our whole approach every day. Well, Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you. I very much look forward to having you on the show again sometime in the near future. Uh, I'd love to come back, Matt. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. That was Michelle Edgar Parsons, owner and managing director of The Individual Agency. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, We're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final. Sir Jeff Hurst, uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. uh, And perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time? (laughs) Well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex. Uh, for my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in, in, uh, in Liverpool, many, many years ago. 1962, I think that was. So I didn't, um, yes, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, I guess, with one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was, was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports. And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a, there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a, a first-class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him? Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at, at football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who 
was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He and he's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over the years. I guess he would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He worked with. So you're very fortunate. I think you, you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and a great coach as we had in Ron Greenwood. And, of course, a great manager in South Ramsey. So to come across people like that of that calibre can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's, that's quite purely the case. Absolutely. And in those early days um, at West Ham, uh, with, with a manager like, like uh, Ron uh, there, it's also important to have uh, uh, confidence with your other players and of course they become your friends who did you look at to at the time uh, when to inspire confidence in yourself was it more was it Peters I think probably well I was very fortunate to play with the calibre of the players I did again mm-hmm. again extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um, of England and West Ham and Martin Peters who was a fantastic player and some, as far as Martin's concerned I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved and what a wonderful player he was. In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, would be the captain, Bob Noor. Although he was only uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier. He played for England in 62, four years before the final when I played. And so he, he was more looked upon him more as a senior player, if you like, not as a, a guy with the same age group as me. And I looked at how he how he uh, trained, how he acted, how he behaved, and how he played. And so he he would say, I would also say he was a big influence on me. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, what I do, I do understand clearly all walks of life. Leadership is at the top, is absolutely vital for a, a, for a business football team in any walk of life to be successful and it's quite evident I was in the motor trade for a long time as well selling car warranties to car dealerships and you could almost tell when you walked into the business uh, in a, many of the car dealerships you could almost tell from the moment you walked in by initial reaction people came and welcomed you that the business was well run or conversely not well run at all and so I understand the, the, the value and quality of leadership. And that's why I'm very fortunate to be involved with my career in those early days with two, two great leaders in, in Ron Greenwood and, and Alf Ramsey. Absolutely. And um, since you've already uh, brought him up, uh, Jeff, I think it'd be remiss not to go a little bit further with that. But obviously, uh, after uh, oh, at West Ham, your uh, plan came to the attention of uh, South Ramsey. Now, there's a man I'm sure when you walked into a room, you knew who was um, in charge. When it came to managing that England team, what was his style like, Jeff? Well, one thing, the first thing I say about Alf Ramsey, he's probably over my life the most powerful influence who had on me um, as a person. Um, mm. Naturally, it happens to an extent because he's got your whole career in his hand, whether he picks you for England or he doesn't pick you. It can have a great impact on your, <laughs> your career and, of course, your life. But yep. in that era, I was involved for six or seven years. He, it was quite clear who was the boss. He was quite very, very strict. Probably at a time, 
maybe over this trip by the time you probably wouldn't get necessarily get away with it in, in today's football because it's changed dramatically in how you deal with with players then and players now. But he was the most powerful man I came across and very few people and he, he was quite ruthless in getting people out who didn't want to be who didn't want to be part of a group, part of a team. It is important that if you've got a group of people and that's in any walk of life, they're all singing off the same hymn suit and you don't have anybody that's griping or moaning about the system. And if you've got people like that in the organisation, one thing I have learned and I've taken on in my life, my family, you've got somebody in a group that doesn't want to be part of it, you, you get them out. And Alf, I think, was was quite ruthless with that in his, in his staff. And I think that's one, thing I, one of the most serious things I think I've learned over a long period of time. And is there, do you think... Uh... A, a specific moment, I'm sure there's probably dozens, but is there a specific moment, if you could uh, perhaps pick right now, that did show those uh, qualities in uh, Sir Alf so uh, sharply? Yes, I think for, for me, certainly, um, I think there are instances of players who you thought would, would be in the team, or certainly in the squad, and surprising there were not. There was no necessary reason for it, but looking mm. back, I do think perhaps they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of the group. Um, so that that's that's for me. In terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it, only a few games before. I was I was playing and I played with Jimmy Greaves in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final. And it looked at that stage as if I was going to be playing in, in the team but uh, in a couple of friendly games more friendly games before the final in Poland and uh, uh, Norway I think in Denmark mm. I didn't I played two of the four games and I probably didn't quite replicate my my form that I'd been showing at West Ham and in the early couple of games for England and he, he left me out in the first game of, of the World Cup against uh, Uruguay he started off with Jimmy Green and Roger Hunt. So I, I had an impact of thinking I at that stage I like I was going to play and didn't start because of just a lack of form. I didn't play quite well enough to justify my position. And somewhat fortuitously, I only got back in the team because of a, a nasty gash to shin um, on Jimmy Glee's leg. And I think what you've said there, uh, Jeff, actually does sum that up really well. And more than that, whilst it's important to have that someone in charge with those qualities, it's almost useless if there isn't a strong and unified team behind them. And there really must have been moments, maybe there weren't, but uh, let us know in that 66 competition, the prolonged pressure on all of you, you know, the weight of a nation, did it get to you? Oh, not for me personally, no. I I think, and I don't, uh, not for me, not for a second. I think... Mm. I was just happy to be, you know, be involved in the squad initially. Um, not at all. I didn't. You're not aware of the magnitude of the occasion, really. Looking back, out, out. So I never really felt. People talk about pressure a lot, and it's there. And people, players talk about. People talk about it in life. I didn't really feel necessary to feel any great pressure pressure during the time I was there. And what is also important to say about Alf Ramsey, the people he, he left behind that were left in the squad after he'd moved one or two players out, the squad were uh, a, a bunch of very hard-nosed, professional, 
top quality people. And that was, again, the leadership that I'll show you. He got people in together that were very, very strong personally. Um, uh, and I think that was part of the success we had. We were very, I always describe our, our group as hard-nosed professionals. Um, we had some great players, but overall they were great hard-nosed professional players. Um, and great quality people who we've kept in contact with, you know, over the years. And Jeff, I've got to ask, and I'm, I'm not making this up, I've genuinely heard that people do ask you whether or not you realise there were people on the pitch at that moment. I imagine you were busy on something else. Well, I, I did some theatre shows last year. They've gone fairly well, and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows. In fact, starting this week over the next uh, two or three months. And uh, at the end of the theatre shows, we have about 20 minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions. And the, the, there's, I won't mention both. They're too long to talk about both questions. Um, one, The other one's a really stupid one. It's too long for me to tell you. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the, the other ridiculous question I get asked, did I realise there were people on the pitch? And of course, I jokingly say, "Yes, I was just about to to shoot to score the goal, and I looked round, put my foot on the ball, and looked round for a little while, and said, oh dear, there are six or seven people running on the pitch.' So that's uh, I've had been asked that once at one of the theatre shows. <laughs> so I joke and make a joke about that, and saying, "Yes, I put my foot on the ball and waited, but just had a, look, had a glance round, you know." Maybe it does prove there are things that such as stupid questions, really. Um, oh, yeah, there are. There certainly are. I've got another one, which I won't bore you in two. It won't be too long to tell you. Uh, I was in a Jersey, or Channel Lines, Jersey or Jersey, two or three mm. years ago, in most stupid, irrelevant questions, absolutely nothing to do with football whatsoever, which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now because it, it is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe another time then. But we... Um, uh, well, you want me, I, I can think, tell you if you want. You want. You got time. I can tell, I tell you if you want. Jeff, go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a, at a dinner in the Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening, and there was usual football questions. And then all of a sudden, I heard of somebody at the back who who asked a question. I didn't quite hear what he said. He didn't have the microphone with him. So I said, I didn't hear what he said. Can you please give mm. this chap the microphone so I can hear clearly what he said? So the chap had the mic and he said, when a turtle loses its shell, is it naked or is it homeless? Right. <laughs> what, what a question. What a question. Uh, well, I think that would be in, definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about that. Is- uh, well, uh, and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with <laughs> well, things no, like I that. Just, but then I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well. So it did, uh, um, it did make again, laugh that day. If you can put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. <laughs> um, but there, there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff, I think. Um, you, you were a young man when... See, this happened when you must have realised that people, teammates, began looking at you for leadership. Um, is that something that occurred to you, or did you just realise that by, by quick, one way or the other, people actually begin to look up for you for inspiration? Well, possibly. That's never really 
struck me until you've actually mentioned it now, quite frankly. That's a new a new question. Mm. Does anybody look up to me? I'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of, of uh, fans of, of West Ham and uh, of Stoke, and of course in, uh, England fans who. Um, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest I, I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration. Um, well, you, but, you don't but, have to, but I will. Uh, um, well, it, it's, it's okay for a third party to do it, perhaps. Um, perhaps that may have been the case over the years. Uh, people look at you and um, uh, maybe uh, it has a, a helpful effect. Uh, but I do think you, you how you behave and set examples on and off the pitches, people must realise that that's, that has an influence how you react and behave mm. to, to situations on and off the field surely probably has an impact to younger players coming in into the team latterly um, yeah and and with that looking at um, uh, football today uh, is there anybody that you think particularly on the field or the sidelines that strikes you as someone with um, those qualities that you could identify in a in a natural leader um well a player current players you mean oh players managers anybody that uh, you look to today really well i think some of the outstanding i think the, the, the best example about a, a leader and at the moment is 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 uh Klopp at liverpool mm. he has been absolutely fantastic to uh acquire the players and get them to their attitude is absolutely fantastic. They're great players, but there's more than just being good players in football. It's a good player with a fantastic attitude and their willingness to work for each other and the team is absolutely outstanding. Hence these unbelievable results. There are, you know, and the great players not always succeed as, as individuals or probably even uh, certainly as a team if you haven't got the right attitude alongside it. And they're probably, and that that comes through the leadership. That's not just luck. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely leadership. He'd be the best example, of course, in, in football terms today. Uh, easily, easily. And of course, but going back not that long ago, Alex Ferguson is just absolutely. Mm. You've got to take him as the first example. But Klopp's only done this for a period of time, a short period of time. But if you look at the twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven years that. Alex Ferguson did with Manchester United and subsequently since he's gone how they they are not doing so well he's the best example of management I've seen we've seen we've probably ever seen and I don't think anybody will see the light of that kind of leadership again it's absolutely astonishing astonishing and do you think could you imagine uh, Sir Alf or even Ron Greenwood managing teams today Yes, I think so. I think yes, no, no question at all. I think they, uh, Ron Green was yeah. Well, the, the answer, straightforward answer is yes. Um, good they, answer. <laughs> the straightforward answer is yes. I can elaborate as much as you want, but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes. Uh, and with um, and I know uh, if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so, but um, I'm conscious of the um, time. Um, looking. Um, back uh, through your um, playing career, perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England, who was it 
that struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership, but uh, companionship and and level-headedness that you think that have stuck with you all these years later? Well, I think we were very fortunate and I wouldn't take any one player out. I think looking at so that... So many. Yeah, so many. And that's why we were successful because we had so many um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding and, uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody... And going back on an earlier earlier question for me, the um, all hard nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially, and that's why we kept in touch with each other on our golf days every year uh, up until about five years ago. Of course, with, with the sadly dwindling yes. numbers, we we still got on. Our wives got on all together all those years later. It didn't just finish after '66. That reunion, that camaraderie, that team spirit, mm. um, getting on with each other lasted for, for a long, long, long time. And I wouldn't I, when it, when you put those those questions and how you categorise those, I would pick every one of the eleven players um, who you put in that category that were like that. There was nobody else; they were all outstanding. And I think that was a big part. I can't stress how big a part that was. And I've said that many, many times for the success of the team. We have some great players. We have some great players, of course. But without the attitude alongside that, going back to an earlier question, you we wouldn't have been as ultimately, ultimately as successful. Exactly. Without that, you, the 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 whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts. But with it, yes, the word the word is team. The word is the word is team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk. Sometimes you know, together, everyone achieves more. And that, that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental. And uh, lastly, uh, Jeff, looking, if, if you were to uh, give advice, and whether this is in sport or business or indeed any other walk of life, what would you identify, if you can, as the key tenant uh, that you can't go without in terms of leading a team, no matter what that team is? Single mind single mindedness, dedication dedication to the job um, thinking about that 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 role that job in leadership all the time it's a huge part of your life but if you, I don't think you can switch off when you're in, in business at the top level or sport at the top level you may you know have a, way, have a couple of weeks holiday but I'm even sure if, if these top managers and lead, leaders in all walks of life are away on holiday on a beach somewhere warm I'm sure there's not uh, they will not switch off for, for two weeks um, and completely uh, not think about their role as the boss of an organisation. And I think that's, you're completely focused. You're always thinking about uh, things, thinking about improvements. And it's just dedication and uh, uh, tuning your life to being successful. Excellent. Well, Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Very good to nice to have a talk about this and just go over this, go over the past and just uh, refresh my mem- my own memory about the quality of the players I grew up with. Excellent. Uh, another time, uh, it would be great to talk again. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. This has been the Leaders Council podcast. Thank you for celebrating excellence and leadership with us. I have been your host, Matthew O'Neill. Until next time. 
goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The views expressed within the podcast do not reflect the views of the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, its parent company or subsidiaries, members of staff, other guests, or any other person therein associated.